Welcome to AMD on the Hill, your opportunity to keep up with the latest policy and advocacy news from the Society for Post-Acute and Long-Term Care Medicine. AMD on the Hill is produced in association with AMD on the Go and available on the same podcast channel. Support for this podcast is brought to you by U.S. Post-Acute Care. I'm Suzanne Gillespie, AMDA's Vice President, and I cordially invite you to register for AMDA's annual conference, which will be held virtually March 11th through the 14th. The agenda features expert speakers discussing topics that are on the minds of practitioners everywhere, as well as opportunities for networking and engagement with colleagues, exhibitors, and PALTC stakeholders. Visit PALTC.org conference to view the schedule and register today. And now here's your host for AMDA on the Hill, Alex Bardock. Hello and welcome to AMDA on the Hill, your periodic updates for AMDA's public policy and advocacy activities. Uh, my name is Alex Bardock and I'm the Director for Public Policy and Advocacy here at AMDA. Uh, as usual now, I wanted to update you on a few things that we have been doing with our policy and advocacy activities. Uh, clearly, uh, the start of this year has been quite the busy one. Uh, I'm sure you all know by now uh, the election has uh, turned things around a little bit into how things are, are getting organized. But the beginning of the year is being spent uh, kind of organizing the agendas uh, and uh, looking at uh, some of the big uh, COVID bills that have been talked about even before um, the end of the year. Uh, so what is going on right now? Um, right now, uh, the Senate has voted, uh, I'm sorry, the House has voted for a, a COVID relief package that the Senate is uh, deliberating. We are following this very closely. We understand that uh, the language in the bill does contain dollars for uh, nursing homes. In particular, it uh, allocates dollars for uh, the use of strike teams um, that have been used in, in various states in various capacities such as helping with vaccine administration or um, other uh, issues. Uh, there are also money allocated to the quality improvement organizations uh, and some other things. Uh, clearly, this is still an ongoing issue and uh, we don't know what the final package is going to look like, uh, but clearly the negotiations uh, are active uh, and we are likely to see uh, some form of legislation pass um, uh, Congress in the next week or so. Um, so Stay tuned for that. We will, of course, provide you with uh, detailed summaries um, and recommendations as to uh, what actually occurred. Um, clearly, you know, that's just on the legislative front. There's going to be a lot of uh, flurry of activity uh, around the regulatory impact of this and, and some of the guidelines um, that will occur. Uh, in terms of sort of the general overview um, on the political side, uh, it's clearly the, the one party now has control. The Democrats have control of both the House, Senate, uh, and the White House. Um, of course, that majority in the Senate is very, very slim. Uh, but what this does mean is that um, Democrats hold control over the agenda. They hold control over the uh, committees of jurisdiction. So they set uh, the hearing schedule um, and things like that. Uh, we're likely to see hearings around COVID and particularly in nursing homes. Uh, there have been general hearings already um, related to COVID-19 handling, but obviously nursing homes have been in the spotlight. Uh, obviously, you know, the situation in New York and in other states have um, garnered a lot of attention. Uh, and AMDA has been contacted by various press media uh, asking us uh, for our positions back, uh, going back to last March and uh, what we plan moving forward. Um, so we have been very active um, speaking with uh, 
legislators and their staff, uh, the media uh, and others who are interested in, in the topic. Um, so I think this is going to be very interesting uh, moving forward as, as people turn their attention to um, kind of analyzing where we've been and where we want to go. Um, and of course, uh, we will stay uh, ahead of that and, and try and provide as much information out there as possible. On the administrative front, um, of course, with that, what uh, has happened is uh, once an administration leaves, a lot of the, uh, the heads of the um, key positions are also or have also left. Uh, so there's a new nominee for the Department of Health and Human Services, um, uh, Javier Becerra, who is a, a current Attorney General of California. Um, I think his nomination was actually just recently passed out of the uh, committee. Um, but if you're asking yourself why is an Attorney General from California being nominated for HHS, um, he does have an extensive experience on uh, the key committee uh, and has been in leadership uh, of the party. So. Um, he does have experience in healthcare. Uh, if you look back at um, you know some of his testimony and, and questioning, and um, you know he certainly has a lot of interest in this area. So uh, we believe that the nomination will uh, go through, uh, although it, so far it appears to be going along party lines. Uh, similarly, uh, there's a new nominee for CMS. Um, she has a history in healthcare as well, and um, uh, you know she she is a former. Uh, Obama administration official. This is quite typical that, you know, especially with um, uh, President Biden now, who served as the vice president, he's having a lot of folks who served in the Obama administration uh, come back in their roles in the Department of Health and Human Services. Essentially, I, I think what that means overall is that we will see that the Affordable Care Act that has been under a lot of scrutiny um, ever probably since its passage. Uh, there's going to be attempts to bolster it. Um, obviously, the more progressive side in the Democratic Party wants to see it, uh, some wholesale uh, expansions. Um, but again, with the slim majority, it's it's going to be um, interesting to watch exactly how this will all play out. So, you know, that, that's a little bit on the on, on the political front. And, and we have covered all of this in our newsletters. Um, please uh, make sure that you're still getting those and, and are keeping up to date. Um, to turn our attention to COVID, of course, uh, this has not gone away, um, and where we are with COVID. Our number one uh, sort of discussion point at this juncture is vaccine administration. Um, of course, the federal partnership with Walgreens and CVS, uh, it continues to take hold. Um, many have been uh, vaccinated. I think what we're hearing from our members is that there is good news out there, that um, the death rates are dropping, the, the uh, outbreaks uh, are dropping, but we're not out of the woods yet uh, by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, one of the things that we have been discussing with Capitol Hill and, and at CMS and CDC is that there's this kind of view out there that, um, you know, that we that they, they could have vaccinated nursing homes in sort of one one stop uh, or, you know, and, and that it's kind of a static population. You just go in, you vaccinate everybody and then you leave and the job, our job's done it's no secret to any of you, but obviously it's, the nursing home is not a static population. We have staff turnover, we have residents uh, and patients come and go, particularly on the post-acute care side where uh, length of stay is actually not very great. So we have to remain vigilant about, um, you know, how do we continue vaccine administration? There's been a lot of conversations about uh, continued partnership with local pharmacies and not just uh, CVS and Walgreens. Uh, we've seen states like West Virginia that opted out of the federal program and have actually had some success. So we continue to stress that there needs to be flexibility, that nursing homes um, have a uh, sort of a infrastructure in place and a, 
that, that requires some attention and that, uh, you know, we need to provide them the flexibility to work uh, with their local pharmacies and, and understand that um, the federal partnership it was a good start, uh, but we need to continue to, uh, to vaccinate and have a plan to do so. And now, a word from our sponsor, U.S. Post-Acute Care. Let's talk for a minute about goals of care conversations. Now more than ever, post-acute clinicians should initiate these discussions with their patients. At U.S. Post-Acute Care, our clinical team is committed to regular goals of care conversations with each seriously ill patient. We help our patients to think through their goals and express what's most important to them. Now we can develop a care plan that aligns with their goals and their values. Using a technique first developed by Ariadne Labs, these structured conversations have shown meaningful improvements in the quality, cost, and effectiveness of care. Our chief medical officer, Dr. Kevin Henning, is highly committed to making the goals of care conversation a foundation of effective care for our clinical team. At US Post-Acute Care, that's what we think. Now we'd like to know what you think. You can reach us at uspostacutecare.com or on LinkedIn, and Dr. Henning will be happy to respond. Thanks for listening. Um, other issues, of course, now with vaccinations and sort of even the country beginning to reopen even more with some states even removing mask mandates, although that's not the prevailing thought out there, um, is that uh, how do we facilitate visitation? Uh, this has been a question for, for everybody. Uh, in our conversations with CMS, uh, they view that their guidance back from September states that compassionate care visits are defined quite broadly. It's not just an end-of-life visit, uh, and they actually encourage uh, you know, visitation and to use that at your discretion, and that's kind of been sort of the, the thought out there um, because there's a lot of pressure, and understandably so. If, if a loved one in a nursing home has been vaccinated and a family has been vaccinated, you know, what, why can't they go see them, right? At this point, uh, does uh, the, the cost of isolation, does the cost of um, not seeing their family for so long uh, outweigh uh, the risk? And I think this has always been a risk uh, type calculation, risk reward type calculation. So, um, you know, I think at least in CMS's mind, um, at this juncture, there's nothing stopping necessarily visitation, but they are hearing from uh, a lot of groups, particularly on the family consumer side that, that want to resume. And, um, you know, we'll see if they, they will issue some updated guidance. We believe they will, um, but the timing of that is unclear. Uh, meanwhile, you know, I, I think use your best judgment as has been uh, the case uh, all along. Uh, the other part we're talking about is the monoclonal antibody treatment. Uh, this has been proven to be, uh, well, anecdotally, I shouldn't say proven given uh, the lack of data, but anecdotally we're hearing that um, it has been successful, it is used well, uh, there are challenges in terms of administration uh, with staffing um, and other things. So we continue to, to talk with the federal government about the monoclonal antibody program. Uh, we do hear that many nursing homes are uh, simply not aware uh, of how uh, to do it and, and what, how to go about it. So uh, AMDA has held a number of webinars on the topic. Uh, so please check that out. Uh, if, if you're not sure how to get going, how to get started, please connect with us and, and we are happy um, to provide you with our experts uh, who have been working around the clock on this. Speaking of that, we do have actually some um, guidance that's going to be coming out on, as I mentioned, visitation. Uh, and other issues. So please, again, uh, look for our updates. Uh, 
moving a little bit away from COVID, uh, I want to mention that um, an issue that also came up at the end of the year, and I talked about on my last update, uh, around the cuts to evaluation and management services in nursing homes. Uh, there was legislation at the end of the year to uh, mitigate the cut. Uh, you are still facing a small, uh, much, much smaller cut than you would have been without the legislation. Uh, but there's still, um, at the end of the year, they passed in the legislation, it delayed the impact of sequestration from a long time ago that is actually a 2% cut. Um, you are scheduled to get a 2% cut if sequestration still goes into effect uh, at the end of March, uh, at the end of this month. Uh, there was a push to include um, in the COVID package a relief until the end of the year from sequestration. It did not get included. There is separate legislation out there and we provided you with some grassroots links uh, to write your congressman and tell them that any cut uh, right now, especially, would be devastating, um, whether it's 2% on top of already one to one and a half percent cut that you've gotten. Um, so this is um, you know, an ongoing issue and, and we'd love to have your support. Uh, as that's going on, we're also, um, as mentioned in, in several previous updates, are reevaluating nursing homes in the same way that the office-based codes were reevaluated. Uh, right now, there's an ongoing survey. Uh, we sent it out to all of AMDA membership. Uh, please look for your emails with a link to that survey. We stress that it is extraordinarily important that you took a look at that, take a look at that, and uh, fill that out. Uh, because we, we do, there will be changes coming uh, to evaluation and management services in, in nursing facilities. Uh, so please, again, if you, if you have not received it and you're an AMDA member, uh, please, please reach out to us uh, and uh, we can provide you with that link. Um, I think those are uh, sort of the major highlights um, as to what's been going on in the beginning of the year. Uh, of course, we are, uh, as, as of this recording, we're getting ready uh, for our annual conference. You may be watching this during the annual conference. Uh, but we hope to see you at our virtual annual conference. There's going to be a lot of information, the latest updates on COVID, latest updates on payment policy and coding, uh, and many other things. Uh, I probably skipped over a, a bunch of things in terms of how you can, uh, you know, code and get paid for some of the vaccine administration uh, and monoclonal treatment. Uh, so there's a lot of information out there um, to pack into sort of a short update. Uh, but please uh, do follow us and please to continue to ask us questions and stay engaged. I uh, hope you all stay safe and, and thanks again for all that you do. Thank you very much. Support for this podcast is brought to you by U.S. Post-Acute Care. If you are a physician and interested in obtaining ABPLM pre-approved certified medical director credits for certification or recertification, go to our new learning management system at apex, A-P-E-X, dot P-A-L-T-C dot org. Click on podcast and follow the link to this latest episode. Thank you.